Before we start today's episode, I want to mention our sponsor, Swoosh English, the best way to pass your OET or IELTS exams. For 10% off any course, go to swooshenglish.com forward slash our voices discount or click the link in the episode description. I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices in the NHS, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we hear personal stories from NHS medical professionals. If you found meaning in these episodes, please share them with a friend so they can enjoy them as well. Let's delve into today's episode. There's days where you think, oh my God, this is the worst job in the world and I need to leave. And there's days where you think this is the best job in the world and I'm incredibly fortunate and privileged to hear these people's stories and to be able to help them through a difficult part of their life. This is Katie Rogerson. I am a kids doctor in the south of England and I co-run NHS Million, which is a morale platform for NHS staff. NHS Million was founded by Joe Blunden. A week or so after starting it, he reached out to Katie. It's because we'd run NHS morale projects together and we knew there was a real need for a positive press platform, a morale boosting platform and for people to go however they felt really about the NHS, just have a space to talk about it. Their original project back in 2015 was to successfully get the NHS to the Christmas number one in the UK. Uh, We beat Justin Bieber and we gained lots of experience of how to use social media, how to kind of pull in people from outside and get them to work with us and run projects. So we just thought that we were the people for the job. And they certainly are. But as well as the fun, more light-hearted campaigns, They also wanted to address some of the challenges faced by NHS workers. It does happen that doctors will confide in other doctors about the challenges that they're having, but actually the bigger problem is that people don't mention it and there's kind of a bit of a culture across the NHS, but I think particularly with doctors, that you've kind of got to be almost like this bigger figure who can take on more stuff, who can kind of balance the physical and mental and emotional challenges and very a lot of what you've seen of course we're bound by confidentiality so we can't just come home and chat about what's happened there's often no let up and it's quite um relentless katie says that nhs staff rarely talk about their mental health issues to each other but the nhs million platform has given many a place to open up and find solace in shared experience unfortunately there's still a way to go as suffering in silence is still going on one of my friends was telling me that she'd once handed over to the equivalent doctor to me, taken a perfectly normal handover, and then her her colleague had gone home and just killed herself that night. Um, happily, I've, I don't know anyone who's killed themselves in the NHS, but we do hear these stories on NHS Million and Friends of Friends. Doctors have some of the highest rates of suicide. And nurses aren't far behind. Although this was a bit of a shock to me, high suicide rates among medical professionals doesn't surprise Katie at all. I can completely understand how working in these roles and these professions can escalate if you've got pressures at work and you've got pressures at home and you're trying to kind of build these together and continue. You understand how it can get to that stage. When you hear these stories, the sort of the scariest thing about it in some ways is that you can imagine that that could be you. 
So what is it about these professions that seems to pile on the pressure? Generally, in the NHS, people just don't feel very appreciated, whether that's good pay or having a staff room to sit in or having a toilet that you can access. I've had my holidays just kind of accidentally cancelled. So there's like administrative things or people not knowing your name or just all those things that dehumanise you because you don't feel that you're part of a team, but actually you're doing everything that you can and giving, in some cases, your whole life to this job. It's all the little things that make NHS staff feel included. But there is one pressure that's getting a lot of press recently, and it's one that can have a big impact outside of work. My nursing colleagues and so on, they shouldn't be using food banks when they have full-time jobs. (laughs) Katie's nervous laugh there says it all. Reports say that 64% of UK nurses work overtime simply to pay their bills. It's a very upsetting statistic that desperately needs addressing. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy that you train to such a high level and that that's what you're struggling with and that actually it makes more sense for you not to work than to work and all of those aspects. I think that the the government, whoever that is at whichever time, they need to appreciate these highly qualified professionals across the NHS in all the different areas and just actually give them some respect and not treat people in the NHS as though we're kids, which is often how it feels. As a result... A poll in late 2020 revealed nearly a third of all nurses were planning to leave the profession within a year. Sometimes, however, it's us, the public, that can make things more difficult. I was involved with a resuscitation and the dad started to film the resuscitation because he was really stressed and scared that he was going to lose his child. But how he handled that, which is that he filmed each member of the team and he said, if you don't save my child, then your career is over. And he kind of went across the badges. I can understand the panic the man must have felt. But in what way did he think that would garner a better result from the doctors? And, you know, to try and continue thinking, you know, airway, breathing. So what do I need to be doing for this child? Those situations are very, very challenging and upsetting because you're trying to focus on the job and actually you're kind of getting sideways threats. If I'd have said stop filming to him, I would have not been focusing on the job that I was trying to do, which was, you know, when you're in a resuscitation, you really need to be in it and thinking what you're doing next. So one of my colleagues kind of got them to give us some space to try and save their child. You have to commend the focus and professionalism Katie and her colleagues were able to show And despite the myriad of negatives of the NHS that we've already been through in this episode, she's quick to point out that there's another side to the coin. For every crappy thing in the NHS, the the reason people stay in it is because there's an equal flip side that is amazing and that we're grateful for and that we do recognise is a a great thing. Um, I remember seeing one, one woman, she looked so petite in her bed, an older lady, and she was surrounded by this giant bed with white sheets and she was so polite and unassuming and often we forget to ask people about their lives and things because we're busy and we're kind of rushing around but I just said to her um oh so what what job did you do um and she was actually 
a scientist, she'd done some stuff with around antimicrobials and antibiotics. She was like one of the most important people and she'd saved way more lives through her work than I could ever, ever, ever hope to. And when when she got discharged, she left me a book and she just wrote a little inscription in it. But like a massive privilege to meet her. But I just would never have even known she did. She had this whole amazing life and that she was this incredible woman. because She just looked so kind of little and unassuming in her bed. A major running theme through this whole season has been how finding human connection in strangers gives so many NHS staff meaning in the work they do. There's some really fantastic things that happen, like when a team works together, when you're, someone takes an interest in you, an interest in your education or in the fact that you, I mean, one of my most amazing bosses ever passed away recently, very sadly. Um, she got COVID and that unmasked um, another illness in her and she deteriorated and passed away very quickly. And we were talking about why she was so incredible as a boss. And it's because she just cared about you. She cared about your life outside of work. She remembered little details about you. She she asked you if you were okay. She asked you about your holidays. And she just had that for everybody. And obviously she was a particularly wonderful individual. Katie does seem to have the ability to see the silver lining in places many of us can't. Her resilience is awe-inspiring. But as we continued speaking about COVID, it became apparent that even she found it difficult when children were involved. So I was actually working more with babies throughout the pandemic than anything else. Babies that had to be delivered early because their mums had COVID and were really sick. So premature, premature babies who then had the complications of prematurity. One of the hardest things to deal with was the feeling that things could have been different. You know, whether that's the management of pregnant women or um, whether that's the fact that people have broken rules and spread COVID to other people or... Um, there's just something about it that felt kind of avoidable. And it's just desperately sad, like a young woman having a baby should be really exciting and creating a family. And actually then you've got this little baby lying there on their own, um, a dad who's trying to be at both bedsides. Katie told me the saddest things she'd seen throughout the whole pandemic were those dad's faces. Who were trying to be everything, whilst knowing that they had a really good chance of losing their partners but kind of turning up to the unit every day to care for their baby, who might never meet their mum, who probably will never meet their mum. That was how COVID impacted on the baby population. And it was deeply, deeply distressing, really. This is the worst job in the world some days, and some days it's the best job in the world. This really stuck out to me and illustrates the feeling a lot of NHS staff have told me in this Our Voices in the NHS series. Katie talked about NHS staff feeling dehumanised at times and this really shouldn't happen to people in a career where they devote their whole lives to caring for others. Nothing is more dehumanising for nurses and other NHS staff having to go to food banks because they can't afford what is a basic necessity. These people are offering a human service to others, going above and beyond, and in turn they should be humanised for the incredible things they do to help all of us in our times of need. Next time you're in a hospital, whether as a patient or as a family member, or even as a friend of a patient, take the time to smile, thank or appreciate an NHS staff member, whether that's a doctor, nurse, porter, healthcare assistant, ambulance staff member, cleaner, or any of the other key worker positions. 
They do an incredible job and we can spend at least a few seconds or more in acknowledging them for all they do. On the other side, Katie has had some beautiful and rewarding moments as an NHS doctor. She's had the privilege to meet a wonderful array of patients who have led fascinating lives. To her ex-boss who was a fantastic role model for her and has left a solid imprint on Katie as both a doctor and as a woman. To wrap up, the best thing about all of this that makes me smile is that Katie, Joe and the NHS Million team beat Justin Bieber to number one. As this is the last episode in the series, the whole Our Voices team, Sam, Rich, Zoe and Nick at Fascinate Productions, as well as Una, Desi and myself, Alex, hope you've enjoyed the NHS series as much as we've enjoyed creating it. We're excited to tell you that our upcoming series will be called Our Voices at the Olympics, where we interview past and present Olympians about their experiences as an athlete before, during and after different games. Stay tuned for upcoming news on this. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favourite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week. I want to acknowledge our sponsor, Swoosh English, for making these podcasts possible. It's the best place to get training and support to pass your OET, IELTS and PT exams. If you want to hear from doctors or nurses who've passed their exam with the help of Swoosh English, go and listen to episodes from Rima, Midun, Cynthia, Tara and Hussein. For 10% off any course, visit swooshenglish.com forward slash Our Voices discount. Thanks so much for listening. Now you probably know I'm looking to grow this show. Since you're here, I'm guessing you're a fan, but you might not know how to help. Here's how. 1. Tap follow wherever you're listening. 2. Give it a 5-star review on your podcast app. This helps more people discover the show. 3. Send this episode to one person. They'll thank you for it later. I really appreciate your help. See you on the next one.